0: Not long after the signal at 99.4 megahertz, commonly known as KJZZ went quiet, a new broadcast began. This one was different and yet the same. And to the scientists gathered around their equipment to the confused homeowner wondering when this Mrs. McClavin show would end and the new jockstrap song would come on, everyone knew something had changed. This is what they heard.
1: to Brian Weekly. At first, the little lights dipping and dodging through the drainage ditches look like fireflies. Then I realize they're all just desperate vape addicts, out scooping up the late evening miasma with buckets while huffing with their vape sticks. I can't make out their faces in the dense chemical haze, but I can see some of them crowding around stone idols, laying on the ground, their heads vanishing into holes. I tried to leave Fever Ditch aboard a BFRA Super Econo Ride bus, And wound up back where I started. Not sure I believe in fate, but maybe I'm supposed to stay here a little longer. Past the miasma-clogged retention pond, I come to a corpse explosion hut. They're doing a demonstration out back. I stand at a distance, watching the undertaker's pale, lean face and serious expression being illuminated by razzle-dazzle rigor mortis blaster and the falling, shimmering viscera of the bloater. When preparing the funeral for little Dustman, my second son, I had seen a similar demonstration. I remember experiencing, as promised, the spectacular thrill of a fireworks display and the stupefying horror of watching a human body explode. The undertaker solemnly lights the fuse and steps back, careful not to tread on the long tails of his ceremonial coat. As the firework ascends, his eyes slide shut and his head tilts back. The expression on his face, bathed suddenly in the red light of the blast, can only be described as ecstasy. The gore that follows soon after looks like a black rain on his slack face. I put that gruesome sight and the bobbing lights of the vape men behind me, and continue down a country lane. Trees close in around me. The forest is eerily dark, and even the animals seem hushed. I'm briefly grateful to see the lights of a hoist truck, but it soon turns up a driveway and toward a rambling Victorian mansion and I'm alone again. The road could go nowhere, I realize. It could just keep going, long past my body's ability to travel it. If I go back, I'll have to cross all that darkness again, and miles more, before I reach whatever passes for civilization around this part of Ohio. And then suddenly, I'm in a wide clearing. I don't remember crossing the archway of trees, but at several paces behind me, The moon is low over the tree line, the stars fixed in a deepening black-blue sky, and below that at the end of the road in the center of the clearing, a radio tower. The peak of its antenna burns red, on and off, in swelling pulses, sitting high above the squat, single-story building of the studio. I can see a car sitting in the small parking lot, A single yellow window looks almost inviting, like someone else's memory of arriving at Grandma's house just in time to praise Multimouth and tuck into a ham dinner. Trespassing sounds much better than trying to stay the night in a sauce-cult all-night softening pool, so I walk up the dirt road, past the perfunctory flowers sagging in planters, and into the small parking lot. There's only one door, and the yellow light spills out its single window. There's no name on the station. Where the large call sign letters used to be is just a faint outline. They look like they were torn down a long, long time ago, and also may have been in the Cyrillic alphabet. As I try the door handle, I notice the car in the parking lot was cut neatly in half. It appears to once have been a 1994 Nissan Maxima. The door creaks open, revealing a small anteroom, empty except for an umbrella stand holding nothing but a child's umbrella with a hippopotamus head handle. Dustword had one just like it years ago. The black and white checked linoleum extends into a larger central room. I can make out the shapes of what seem to be oil drums, and the scent of seawater is heavy in the air. The only light comes from a red sign indicating that someone is on air. I stumble forward, feeling with my hands and feet, squeezing past the barrels, and finally come to an audio console. I feel buttons, faders, dials, foot pedals, pumps, stops, blocks, and sluice controls. To my surprise, my hands feel what seem to be a wall switchplate and a switch. I flip it and a thin blue light catches me off guard. The light is coming from another room beyond this one. In front of me is a pane of glass, revealing a man sitting in the recording studio, now bathed in blue light. His surroundings are typical for a recording studio. There's a microphone on an articulated arm, a few inches from the man's lips. He's leaning back, facing me, speaking into the microphone, but the look on his face. He's in pain. He's gripping the arms of the disused office chair like his teeth are being drilled. Tears are streaming down his face, which is contorted and clenched, but his mouth keeps moving. He's talking. I search the console for something to let me hear him and throw a switch next to the only active channel on the board. An unseen speaker somewhere above me crackles to life with surprising fidelity.
0: And later tonight, the local timpani band will be performing a medley of their hits with interpretive reporting from me, Dick Chipper. But up next, I'll be breaking down the do's and don'ts of home metallurgy and DIY gasoline refinement in Garage Guru, your guide to fulfilling your wildest dreams using only what can be bought at a Home Depot. At the top of the hour, it's time for the news.
1: At first, I think this can't be the right channel, that I've tuned the radio instead of what's in the recording booth because the pain on the man's face simply can't match the crisp, perfect broadcast bravado of that voice. I tap on the glass, searching for a door to reach him, and find none, just concrete walls. I knock on the glass, then I pound on the window. I'm shouting at him and throwing myself against the glass. He's noticed me. Whatever's afflicting him hasn't gone away. That much is clear from his pained movements. But as he stutters and stops his mouth, apparently surprised to see me, the audio cuts out in the speaker, perfectly synchronized.
0: The 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 axle Wide and peppermint Pepper Pepper in, mint Endurance Company B F R A Approved Corpse Wholesaler. Why would you buy the cow when you can sell it for free on eBay? What's that caller? Stay on the line.
1: He rises and staggers forward, his mouth resuming its automatic movements. I can see his chest heaving, his face sweating with exertion, as if the great can itself were bearing down on him. He mouths my name, but I hear a request that listeners stay tuned. He screams and pounds the glass, but I hear a question posed to an unseen caller about a dog's alleged infidelities. He looks me in the eye and mouths, Run! Get out! Run! Run! But I hear...
0: And after the all snake power hour, we'll have a sit-down chat with the one and only d dusty McClavin.
1: Before Snake can start, I've grabbed a barrel. It's heavy and dripping with salt water that stings my eyes. He drops his head, shaking it, and I hurl the barrel at the glass as, here I go again, starts to blare. The glass shatters and the light dies, and what feels like warm seawater sloshes around my ankles. The on-air light is off. Room sound pours from the speaker. I can make out the interior of the recording studio past the long, menacing shards of glass. It's empty. The man in pain is gone. Then the speaker starts again. It's the same voice.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we do apologize for our recent technical difficulties, but rest assured our broadcast will continue. I've been permanently relocated and we're back up and running so that you can get all Dick Chipper all the time. Before we head into an expose and what you can and can't do with a literal ton of tamarins, I'd like to give a special hello to Mrs. McLavin. Mrs. McLevin, are you on the air?
1: A voice answers. It's my voice, but younger and happier. It's the voice of a woman who hasn't learned to loathe the lake. Hi, Dick. Such a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, thank you, Mrs. Mclevin you're a great friend of the show, and I want to thank you for all you've done. You sure gave it your best shot, and I'll tell your husband what a superb person you are, but there's nothing you can do for me.
1: Aw, shucks, dick, the other me says.
0: But the good news is you did win those backstage passes to see Foghat at Warren, Michigan's 50th anniversary, brought to you by the South Lion drinking team.
1: The other me laughs and squeals, and I stagger out the front door. Outside, I'm greeted with a surprise. It's the hoist truck I saw before, and a hoistman, brilliant in his truck's floodlights, affixing a chain to the halved Nissan Maxima. He greets me kindly and asks if it's my car. No, I've never been here before in my life, I say. He goes back to his work and then asks, since this isn't my car, and even if it was, this car isn't going anywhere, if he can give me a lift. Yes, I'd like to get out of here. He nods. I close the door behind me, but not before I hear my husband's voice on the radio.
0: This episode of Brian Weekly was written and performed by Kathy Socialite Bopgun Fisher and Max Boring Board Games Eddie with music from Michael lewd fox painting Arthur. Radio is a dying medium, and that's why we here at Brian Weekly would like to encourage all of you listeners of fake internet radio podcasts out there to do what you can to save radio. If you see a commercial radio station on the side of the road, lure it into a shoebox and drive it to your local humane society. There it will get its shots and be made ready for adoption to a loving family. And if you hear an advertisement for a monster truck rally at the Silver Dome on Sunday, be sure to record it and upload it to the Library of Congress. But if that's too much to ask, then rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, at BrianWeekly.